Well, hey, wasn't that great? Pastor Brian here, and when we get to hear stories like that, especially following worship that leads us into the presence of God, I'm just reminded of how faithful and good God is, no matter the season we might find ourselves in. I just want to thank our worship team and our tech team today. Uh, If you're online, you know, give them a little shout out, give them a little clap. They are working overtime so we can enter into his presence and to hear Candy's story and to be reminded that God is a God who calls us to stand in gaps. What an encouragement. When we gather as a church, it's to worship, it's to witness to who God is and to give him glory, and it's also to get into his word. And we're excited. Hopefully you've heard, we have a regathering plan that's moving into phase two on July 12th. Check out our website for more information. We want to see you back here sometime soon in person if you're able. And at the same time, we're excited to continue online. Right now, we have live hosts that are there. Comment. Let them know you're there. Say hi. Say hallelujah. Say amen. As I've been saying for a long time around here, we are a talk back church, so talk back. Give us some feedback. Let us know you're here. Let us know you're present. Today, we are in our series and continuing with this series, Things I Wish Jesus Didn't Say. And that may alone grab your attention because oftentimes we don't want to admit that there's some things uh, that Jesus said that are just hard to receive, hard to, to not just listen to, but to obey. And as we get into this today, uh, the message is bounce. And I'm not going to try to like bounce or do any of that, but you can right now. In fact, at home or wherever you're watching this, Put the word bounce or your bounce step or an emoji that you think of when you think of bounce, and let's just see what happens with this, all right? Because we are going to learn today how to bounce, how to move with God into another level and another dimension. I'm going to pray us in, and then you can turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 5 as we pick this up today. Jesus, you are so good. You are so good, and we are so encouraged by being in your presence hearing a story for your glory, and now turning to your word. God, it is you that we need. And so may your spirit speak through your word. May you be heard. May your anointing rest on this message, on this service, and on this moment for whoever's listening. God, we believe that you are the one who satisfies us, who fills us to overflowing. So may you do that even now. Encourage us, equip us, and empower us to live with you. We thank you for being present. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Come on, give that amen, give that shout out, right? All right, let's get into our text. In Matthew chapter 5, picking up in verse 27, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus has been instructing us on what life looks like as it was meant to be, as it was intended to be. And as we jump into this, there's these six teachings where he says, you have heard, and then he takes it to the next level. This is the second one, and we pick up in verse 27, where he says, you have heard, and he moves us to a new place. He bounces us, if you will, to the next level. He says, you have heard the commandment, verse 27, that says, you must not commit adultery. But I say, in anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. 
it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. How you doing? Do you got your hands? Do you have your eyes? Because I don't know about you, but I remember hearing this as a kid growing up in the church and going, what in the world does that mean? We know that this is not just something Jesus said to us that said, hey, this is the ideal, but don't worry about it. We know that Jesus is saying something to us that has implications for our living. And we're going to unpack this today and, and get into it because if we get this, it's going to set us free. It is going to set us free to new heights and new levels and new places with God and with those we're in relationship with. So what is lust? According to the Holman Bible, Bible Dictionary, lust is defined as this. It's a strong craving or desire, especially sexual desire. It's used 29 times in Scripture, always in a negative manner and in a negative way. Lust is often seen as sexual, and in our text today it is. But lust can also be not just for sexual immorality, but for idolatry. Things that we're lusting for like money or power or control or, or things that we don't have. And so I want to be clear, this message today is for everyone because this is something we all deal with and wrestle with. And if you heard in the text, Jesus is calling us to bounce in order to live at his level, to, to live at his level, to be at a new place where we're not bound and caught in the bondage that sin and lust in particular can create. You see, if you think about it, God is the creator of everything. He's the creator that said, I've created all of creation, white, black, brown, yellow, doesn't matter. He's created us all in his image. And in his image and in his great creativity, there is beauty that is present. There is beauty in God's creation. And so here's what's interesting. The issue is not do we recognize beauty. It's what do we do with that beauty when we see it. Stay with me because beauty is in and may be in the eye of the beholder, but we need to bounce and not hold on to it. We need to, in fact, see beauty and give God glory, and we need to bounce to something else because that is not for us. Are you tracking with me? We need to bounce to a new place because here's the reality. Lingering looks lead to lustful thoughts. Let me say it again. Lingering looks lead to lustful thoughts. We can recognize beauty, but when we begin to dwell on it, we begin to maybe undress it, we begin to maybe think about what, what we'd like to do with it, that's lust. I'm trying to set you free today. I'm trying to set you free to still be able to appreciate the beauty that God has given us all around us, but to not sin by trying to decide what we'd like to do with it. You see, lust often begins in our head, infiltrates our hearts, and then affects what we do with our hands. Let me say that again. Lust is something that catches our eye, moves into our heart, and then often leads to what we do with our hands. 
And there's something God wants us to bounce from. Because here's the reality. Jesus isn't interested in our sexual, in just our sexual morality. He's desiring our heart and our sexual purity. Is anybody else feeling the temperature rise right now? Anybody else feeling a little uncomfortable? Because we can often think of, well, I've, I've got it all together. I've, I, it looks okay. I'm not committing adultery. I'm not cheating. But Jesus is going deeper here. Jesus is diving deeper into our sexual purity, into our hearts. Notice again what he says in verse 27 and 28. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He's taken the Ten Commandments and moved this to the next level. And he wants us to go there because he desires our hearts to be pure. For some of us right now, there's something that God may be uncovering in your life. His Spirit is speaking to you, and you know there's deeper issues and deeper things that that are being exposed. And I want to just encourage you to lean into His love, lean into the freedom He wants to bring. God can deliver us and bring change. I'm living proof of it. I'm somebody who grew up exposed to pornography at an early age. It had a grip on me for 10 years. And for 20 now, I've been set free. I'm not perfect, but I've been set free to not fall into the traps that are often so around us. And sometimes we we have to see reality and see what's really in here for God to begin to move. It's interesting. I'm in southwest Michigan. I don't know where you're watching this from. But in in our community, we have uh, St. Joe and Benton Harbor. And in St. Joe, there's this beautiful lookout that looks out over Lake Michigan. Let me show you a picture of this. And you can see here just the beauty of Lake Michigan from this lookout looking out. Everything looks great. Everything looks beautiful. I mean, it's stunning. We enjoy this and we enjoy going there. Ironically enough, the water levels are so high right now in Lake Michigan that something that was done decades ago has been exposed. Let me show you what's below that same bluff. Below that same bluff is what's known as the the St. Joe Carr Graveyard. Decades ago, in an effort to stop beach erosion and to deal with high tides rising, cars were thrown over the bluff in an effort to hold off the water. It's been buried and hidden for years, and now it's been exposed. There are some heart issues in this season. Heart issues in relation maybe to your sexual purity, but maybe there's other lust issues, heart issues that God is exposing in this season. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's as everything around us is shifting. You're realizing deep down you haven't trusted God. You We're trusting man. Or maybe you've realized you've harbored racism and superiority towards others. And all of that's kind of being unearthed right now. Can you see what God is up to? This is a great season, church. Because our God, Jesus himself, said something else a few verses earlier in Matthew 5, verse 8. He said this, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, 
or they will see God. When God begins exposing and working in our hearts and cleaning up our lives, it's to set us free so we can see him clearly. This is a great season. But let me double down for a minute on what it might mean to deal with our lust. You see, we have a pornography problem in our country and in our world. I want to share with you a few stats in regards to pornography to just kind of set the table in the context for us to realize that this lust issue is real and sexual purity and a pure heart is what Jesus is after. So here's a few stats for you. 25% of search engines requests are related to sex, one out of four. 35% of downloads from the internet are pornographic. 40 million Americans say they regularly visit porn sites. 70% of men aged 18 to 24 visit a porn site at least once per month. But catch this, the largest consumer group of online porn is men between the ages of 35 and 49. Is it just men? No. One third of all internet porn users are women. Lust does not, is not bound to a gender. Interesting here, Sunday is the most popular day of the week for viewing porn. This means that when we look at statistics in the church, when we look at statistics with Christians, when we even look at statistics with pastors like me, everybody is implicated and struggles with pornography. Thanksgiving, it says, is the most popular day of the year for viewing porn. That kind of caught me off guard. A day to give thanks and gratitude, and yet I don't have enough. I want more. It's interesting, isn't it? There's a ministry called Live Free, and I, I want to share this because some of you realize that you've been bound to pornography for so long and you've given up hope. This ministry online is available to you, and they create community and they have resources to help you be delivered and set free. Lust is no joke. We need to take it seriously. I want to encourage you to check out livefreecommunity.org. Our hosts, or if you message us, we'll get you the info if you can't find it. We don't want anyone to be bound. We don't want anyone to miss the freedom that Jesus calls us to live in. You see, to be bounced and to be sexually pure takes commitment and it takes contentment. And I want to unpack this for us and give us a few things to think about today, a few things that I think will help us in our journey. Three steps, in, in fact, three bounce steps. Can you, can you see it? All right, I don't have much rhythm. I'm trying. But three bounce steps that will help us in this journey to get to the next place. The first bounce step. If we look at Matthew 5, verse 29 to 30, it says this. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. Jesus is helping us to understand how radical our commitment needs to be. That in fact, we need to be 
committed. A bounce step, first and foremost, is commitment. To say, I am committed to God and to doing things his way. I'm committed to the person that I'm pledged to, covenanted to. If you're married or you're in a relationship, if you're not and you're single, your commitment is to God to stay pure. Commitment that is fueled by a conviction that the Holy Spirit gives us is what sets us free. And this commitment is where it begins Because what he's saying here is you're so committed that you'll do whatever it takes. If it means gouging out an eye or cutting off a hand, you'll do it because you're that committed. I've shared this story before, but when Cindy and I were first married, she began to realize how deep my past with pornography was. Here I am, a newly married man. I'm excited about marriage, and and suddenly I'm in a battle not just with Cindy, but with the spiritual realities of what I had done. There was a a period where it took her a long time to begin to trust me. And, And to demonstrate some of the commitment I had in that moment, I wasn't struggling with lust regularly, but but she didn't know that. She just assumed. And she asked questions, but but I couldn't exactly, we just couldn't get that breakthrough. Her birthday rolled around and I knew it was hard for her to see me watching even TV and and football because cheerleaders were there and it, it would trigger pain. It would trigger worry. It would trigger a distrust of me. So what did I do that year? She would tell you after 18 years of marriage, this to this day is still her favorite birthday gift. I took the cables to the TV, I took the controller, I took all of those things and I wrapped them in a gift bag and I brought them to her and I said, I am so committed to our marriage that we'll keep paying the cable bill, but the cables are yours. That's cutting off your hand, that's gouging out your eye, that's saying, I'm so committed that I'm going to do whatever it takes, even if I'm innocent because this relationship matters that much. Commitment is the first bounce step. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says this. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. What does that mean? We don't have any excuses. That if we're committed and we believe what that verse says... God is going to open a door or a window. He will show us the bailout, the escape, the eject button. He will help us do it his way. And I hated that verse when I first saw it in college. Because as I memorized it, my flesh didn't want to to take that way out. But I'm here to tell you, when we listen to the Spirit, there is always a way out. Are we committed? to looking for that and to following God. The second bounce step, say bounce, come on. The second bounce step is contentment. And this is significant because often what's driving our lust, often what's driving our desire for more is a lack of contentment. And in our American culture and even in our American Christianity, we don't talk about this enough. We get so ramped up on consuming things and getting more that we don't realize that we serve a God who satisfies our every need. 
That Jesus, in fact, is so good and so great and so beautiful that when he says in Matthew 5, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you would be filled. When he says in John chapter 4 and John chapter 7 that if you're thirsty, streams of living water will come out of you, what he's saying to you and I is be content in me. I'll satisfy you. I'll take care of you. You see, contentment is deep. And it's something that if we begin to lean into it, will set us free from the lust for more and for what we don't have. Philippians 4, verse 8 through 13 says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. I had to include this, right? Fix your thoughts. Bounce them to something else. On what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. It's an amazing thing to think about that by fixing our thoughts on Christ and then being content in him and with whatever he's given us, we're going to find peace. I think some of us right now really need some peace really need a sense of peace, and it's going to come by fixing our thoughts, by bouncing to who God is. And here's what he says next, and and often this is misquoted and misunderstood, so let me unpack it for you. Paul goes on, he says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. I would add, and we see it later from Paul in the book of Corinthians, whether single or married. For I can do everything, he says, through Christ who gives me strength. We love to quote verse 13, we love to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but do we realize the context is contentment? That in fact, God is saying, I want to be your help. I want to be your strength. I want to help you to be content in me. And if you're married right now, that means you're content with whoever you married. Sure, you may want more and you may want to pray over goals and dreams and things like that together. But that person that you've married, your spouse, becomes your standard for beauty. They're it. You become content with them. You become their greatest fan, their greatest cheerleader. That's how you experience contentment. It's not by looking over the fence or looking for grass on the other. Did you know that grass might seem greener on the other side? But it still needs watering. It still needs care. It's all grass. Be content with who God has placed you with. And then lastly, the third bounce step. So we have commitment, contentment, and communication. Communication means that, that, that we communicate with God about what we really need. And it's interesting because sometimes we think of him as distant and detached, but Jesus didn't just tell us. He came and lived as one of us, fully God and fully man. Here's what Hebrews 4 says in verse 14. So then... We have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. 
Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When we begin to communicate to God about what's really there, when we really come to him and say, God, I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with lust. I'm struggling with contentment. When we really bring that to God, he is there and Jesus can relate and he's ready to help us. I hope that today you are being encouraged and maybe challenged that Jesus has more for you. That in fact, the changes we're talking about, bounce steps could make a difference because I believe God wants to set all of us free and move us to another level. Now, this last week, we we took some questions and comments. Uh, We went on social media and we, we said, hey, I'm going to be preaching on lust in Matthew 5, 27 through 30. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. And, and we've got a few here. So I want to share these with you. Uh, you helped me put together this message. And so uh, one person said, lust is using other people as a means to get your desires. Treating others as objects to get what you want. That's a great statement and something to think about. Because when we begin to try to see, when we see them not as people created in the image of God, when we begin to look at others as as not being our brother or sister in Christ, not being somebody else's spouse or somebody else's daughter or son, we've dehumanized them and we've missed the heart of God. Another person said, you know, it's about loving your neighbor and loving others on your neighbor are two different things. I thought that was great. I appreciate their boldness, right? It's about loving your neighbor, not loving on your neighbor. All right, did you? Okay, you're still with me. Uh, Another one said, respect boundaries, wedding rings and covenants. Uh, They said a good rule is six feet apart. So, you know, maybe social distancing has other applications, right? Here's a question somebody sent. They said, summertime is a great time to preach about lust. Ladies tend to show their skin and other things. I'd say men do it as well. More often because the temperature is warmer. How do men avoid that and don't look or turn around? And and I think the bounce steps really speak to that. That if you're committed to bouncing, if you're really content, that it will help you to do that. And I I think it's important to recognize that, yes, people are responsible for being modest and and dressing in a way that that maybe uh, honors God. But at the same time, how they choose to dress does not control whether or not you lust. That's up to you. That's between you and the Lord. And so, yes, there are seasons where maybe in a relationship, if trust isn't there, like I mentioned with Cindy and I early on, as you're building trust, that, that you do kind of avoid places and spaces where there might be more of that exposure. Or, or maybe as trust grows, you begin to bounce in a way that, that it's not an issue. This is why communication is so important. We've got to be able to communicate about even the hard things and meet each other where we're at. Uh, lastly, somebody sent me a, a verse from a poem that they had wrote uh, recently called The Fruits. And it has something to say to us. It says, my lust, ever wanting, 
What does not satisfy? It tore my heart and I was dying. But your faithfulness, unwavering and committed, it mended my heart and I lived. And that's where I want to just stop today is to just say that that's what God wants to do. Your heart may be rendered and open today. It, it may feel torn and conflicted. When we look to Jesus, he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's the one that sets us free. And he's here right now in this moment. So I want to take a moment. I want to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he died for all of your sins. He did what you could not do and what I could not do. And he offers us the gift of forgiveness and life. So you can pray with me to receive Jesus. But I also want to pray for those that are making a decision to say, I I know Jesus, but I haven't been living right. I've been focused not on my sexual purity, but on other things. I believe right now in this moment, God is going to heal, deliver, and set free. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. We are in awe that not only do you raise the standard and the level, but you provided your life as the sacrifice to make it all possible. May we never forget That when we receive your son, Jesus, we also receive the Holy Spirit. When we're clicking, when we're looking and lusting, you're with us. And Father, we need your help. And so right now, I just, if there's anyone out there that's not received Jesus, you can repeat after me. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God that you died for my sins and rose again, that I could have life and life abundantly. Come into my life now and forgive me of my sins that I can follow you. I thank you, Jesus, for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that with me, you've just come into the kingdom of God. Let our hosts know. Let them know that you just made a decision. We want to connect with you and help you with that. Before we go into a time of worship, I want to just pray over those that are struggling with lust to bounce into a new season, to let it go, to be set free as we go into worship. So Father, right now in this moment, I thank you that death was arrested, that the plans of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy were disarmed and dismantled on the cross. That Jesus, you did it. We have the victory in you. So I pray right now for my brothers and sisters that feel heavy or weighted down by lust. Set them free, Lord. Set them free to be committed to you, to experience contentment in you, and to be able to communicate freely with you, bringing it all to your throne right now. We thank you, Jesus, that you are open and available, that we don't have to hide anymore. So I just speak life and freedom in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's praise him. Let's worship him. If you're able, stand up and let's declare how good our God is together.